0: welcome everybody to broadcast team alpha where we bring you cutting edge conversation while exploring the quantum possibilities and we are really going to do it again tonight with a really interesting guest that i just know you're going to enjoy or or likely have enjoyed but will enjoy in a new way because this will be a new conversation for a new day before we get started i just want to thank you for being here did you know we have a membership group The membership group is loaded, chock full of information that Augie is putting in videos and exclusive content that's only there for the members. You might want to check that out. We also have a mastermind group that meets on Sunday. We get together some amazing people, and it's it's always so much fun, amazing people with the sweetest souls and the most brilliant beingness, expansiveness, get together. And we set intentions for the benevolent, Pixie is in that group too, uh, for the benevolent things that we want to see happen in the world. Uh, sometimes it gets personal. We do healings for each other, for pets. It's Sunday at 2 p.m. If you would like to join us, send an email to the, T-H-E, connection at gmail.com. You can come test drive it. If you like it, you can come hang out with us every Sunday. Sunday. Thank you for supporting us, whether it is through the Super Chat function or whether you send us a PayPal at Broadcast Team Alpha. We are always so grateful that you're here. We're grateful for your energy. We're grateful for the lively conversation. We see the chat room taking shape already and just so happy that you're always here with us. So, Augie, please tell us about our guests,
1: Jason. This is going to be fun we have a very well-known gentleman with us his name is jason quit and uh, for most of you out there you probably i probably don't even need to introduce him but i'm going to do it anyway and for those of you that like to surf the internet while you listen i'm going to give you his website right up front here and uh, i guess one of them is the crystal thecrystalsun.com and uh, he is he's one of the leading thought leaders out there with information in so many different areas that you can pretty much ask him anything and he can talk on it those people are not that many of uh, because when we study he remembers and we learn and uh, he's also a frequent guest on uh, radio podcast tv and the speaker on conferences anywhere and everywhere out there i see his name on the conferences he's also written uh two books but he's got his name on several others and uh that is uh some of them are also in foreign languages <laughs> and for the next hour he's here with us for us to listen and learn welcome to the show jason well thank you jason. for having me thank
0: Welcome, you i'm so excited to have you here and forgive me i turned my camera off because it's saying that my connection is unstable so i'm hoping to save bandwidth so forgive me but i'm still so here and present and involved and i know we were talking a little bit before the show um that you you had a different life before you got to this uh expression and how did this rise up for you what was the turns and twists in the path that made this that you do now rise up to meet you
2: well um i would say that i had a normal upbringing a normal life but it was still a little weird i still um i would say that i was a gifted or psychic child Um, I had many different experiences with the paranormal, uh, past life, out-of-body experiences, ghosts, (laughs) you you know, the normal childhood, I guess. Mm -hmm. But
0: um, for some of us, yeah,
2: yeah, (laughs) yeah. uh, But it wasn't until my early 20s when I got out of college and I, I started to work with a friend of mine. We opened a recording studio. I was doing graphic design work. And we were having time of our lives, you know, we were starting our lives and did what we loved. Mm -hmm. And I started to have these um, episodes (laughs) started to Mm -hmm. happen in my life. And these episodes were of uh, sleep paralysis. Ah. And um, I know lots of people have experienced sleep paralysis. Uh, It's more common than people think. Uh, basically you go to sleep and you wake up in the middle of the night and um, your body is still completely asleep and frozen but you're awake and aware your mind is awake and aware so basically you're screaming in your mind or screaming in your body to wake up or move your arm or get up it's it's quite disturbing and as this was occurring um, it became more and more frequent and I started to become more aware of things in my room at night so i would feel presences walk in the room while i'd be frozen and obviously you know you you go into um terror fear Uh Um, you know what can this be you know aliens demons you know we all watch the movies so you know this is you know where the mind goes and it was through sleep paralysis that i had my first um, out of body experience where I I tried to wake myself up from the paralysis and I shook so hard in my own body that I popped out and it's exactly what people described in a near-death experience Um, I found myself outside of my body looking down you know you float up to the ceiling and I'm looking at my body in the bed and um, to my surprise is I saw a being standing at the foot of my bed uh, that was very tall. It looked like a giant shadow with form mm. and I thought that this was it I died that was the grim reaper I'm going to the afterlife and I was so Scared that I thought I was dead that um, I, I got sucked right back into my body and woke up wow. and That was my gateway experience that was my opening up to the spirit world again in my early 20s, and that was the portal in which I used to start to learn how to leave my body. And um, this was back in um, 2002, so over 20 years ago. And ever since then, my entire path has changed. Um, I stopped working back then. I I, I, I quit the studio. Um, I needed to learn what was going on with me. Um, suddenly I had motivation to heal, um, in the out of body experiences. I was drawn to, um, different modalities of consciousness and healing. So, um, I went back to school. I went to an energy medicine school, tried to learn what was happening. I did that for two years or two, three years, um, and then after I graduated, I went and um, connected with um, an Algonquin shaman who was teaching classes up here in Canada, and I started to train under him. And um, I, oh, my whole life just changed in seeking any information I could on what one what was happening to me, and two, you know, what is consciousness? What is life? You know what yes. is the mysteries yes. um, surrounding everything? So did you get that that's...
0: answer? Did, did you get that answer about what no. life is? No,
2: <laughs> uh, of course not. Of course not. It it's constantly evolving, and this is what I love about the consciousness community or or the awakening processes. Is I can I can go all night with you and and talk about all these crazy experiences and stories of beings and out of body time travel dimensions, you know, you know, the crazy, crazy fun stories. But it's like, you know, if if I have a flat tire on the road, That's who's going to fix it, right? I still have to pay taxes. <laughs> you
1: know, They don't give uh-huh. you a special
2: reward
1: and say, yeah. here you go.
2: Um, the interesting part of all of this is what I found about the path is that uh, originally you're so open And you're exploring these new worlds and ideas and concepts. And the more that you explore them, the more you put an importance on the physical world Mm -hmm. and how precious life is, how precious your body is, and how to care for the world you live in, how to care for the physicality. And um, it gives you a completely new perspective of life itself. So at first, it can be like escapism you know yes. we want to travel the ethers and then it evolves to you know what is the physical world why are we here what is this mission and why is it so important
0: yes yes i love that and it's it's always so interesting to me how you we go out you know really extensively And then kind of come back in and you know suddenly realize like you said how important it is to take care of the body and um to develop you know the mastery in the body and the health to facilitate right when when we journey through that expansion or continue on the journey would probably be a better way to say that you know
2: yep and this was this was literally the main Messages I first started to receive back in the early 2000s. It was before you do anything in this world, before you take any step out of the body, you have to heal yourself. You have to, you know, learn about your energy because um, what you find in the astral world or what you find um, in the awakening process is that you're stepping into a world that's filled with what you carry. You know, you're stepping into your mental energy fields, your emotional energy fields, the attachments, the entities that that connect to you because of what we carry, our wounds, our past. Um so that this is why it could also be quite frightening for somebody to, you know, take a step into that other world because what hits you first you know, it, it could be yes. seen as negative, but it's really yeah. the things that you carry first,
0: yes, yes, uh, like yeah. doing the, sh- the shadow work, yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, you mentioned the astral world, and uh, that's kind of close to my heart, too. Because you mentioned also in, uh, in some of your writing that when you get out there in the beginning it's maybe uh, hard to communicate with the entities that you find there because they may not speak english <laughs> english is not the universal language but what have you found What have you found that makes it easier to communicate with someone that doesn't have a physical
2: body and a voice box and that's that's the interesting thing is because when you leave your body you don't have a body. It's not a physical body. So how can you communicate if you don't have a mouth, if you're not breathing? And yeah. it's through thought forms. It's through feelings. Yeah. So um, we talk about um, telepathy. Um, and this is it's very interesting because when the beings were communicating with me, it was in my own voice wow so it's a telepath like they could be standing in the room with you and when they speak it's your voice speaking and you can it sounds like it's coming from inside the room they're in like it's projected but really it's inside your own head yes It's, it's your own voice in your own head and that's how they communicate and that's how i communicate back to them is using this and at first, and it was kind of humorous, but it was also frustrating. At first, um, there were some type of beings that did come, that started to speak to me, and it wasn't in English. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit there, listen, which is not listening; it's it's telepathic. And then <laughs> I'm gonna. I just after I was very polite, and I said, "I'm sorry, but." I don't understand anything you just said to me. Uh, do you speak English? And they just kind of give you a look and they go away. It, it, and the this feeling that I would get was uh, they thought I knew what they were saying. It's like they, they were very comfortable communicating. But uh, maybe um, Jason's normal consciousness bled through into that world yeah. whereas if it was just my astral or spiritual self they were communicating with the spiritual self would understand but not jason right so well i yeah. Yeah. so i don't understand i i i don't understand but i would say that maybe on some level the communication was understood but just not to me. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some of the higher spiritual entities, they are good at uh, mental pictures and uh, they can they can give you a concept and in your higher mind, you're able to, to break down the concept and make sense out of it.
2: Yes. And it's kind of like the Matrix because um, you know people will say like oh you're dreaming i go yeah of course i'm dreaming it's you know they're putting if they're communicating with you and they can't speak they can put you in this kind of dream state where you can go through the dream to understand what they're trying to express to you Mm. so i always tell people they're like well you know uh what what are levels of contact experience i say well the first level of contact experience is your dreams they can communicate through the dream world and uh, take you on a journey or transfer information through dreams
0: yes and then as that communication has advanced for you what what different shapes has it taken have you have you actually had a face-to-face or
2: in the astral you could have a face-to-face with a being (laughs) <laughs> I've never had a face-to-face with a being in the physical world. All right. So it's it, I've never had like an alien contact or some okay. being just, you know, manifest in the room while I'm awake. Yeah. That has never happened yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a good word. Yet. Yeah. Uh, probably, it probably could,
2: could happen. You know, well, yes, I, I've heard of, of many stories where it does happen. Yeah. But um to me it has not. But these these journeys are, I would say, they venture on the spiritual side of things. So many people look at it as is like an alien type of contact. Um, I don't see it in that way. I see it as uh, this kind of multidimensional space in which we inhabit along with other types of life forms. And sometimes these life forms don't have a physical body. So the way that they can communicate with us is through this medium of the astral world or this other dimension where we can have this contact experience. And it could be very spiritual, let's say, like, you know, um, friends and family that have passed, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they can come and visit you in that state. But then again, you have spiritual beings that are not very forthcoming and they'll choose the form of your loved ones. (laughs) Pretend they're your loved ones and come to visit you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How do you discern? Do you have, do you have like a little litmus test that you do to sort out who's real? and? It's,
2: I would say that it's, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like i don't even know how to describe it it's a, it's a knowing it's not yeah. like a discerning it's um like i don't question them who they are mm-hmm. um it's like for example i i was meditating once and um left my body and then it was like my mother was standing there but my mother's still alive right
1: mm-hmm.
2: and she starts talking to me and i'm listening and it's what she's saying just doesn't make sense to me it just doesn't feel right mm-hmm. and I just said you know okay cut the act show me who you are like why are you doing this yes. Yes. <laughs> you know so sometimes it takes time to kind of gauge it and then you realize that you know this there's something not entirely feels right about this yeah um, so then you can kind of change the um, the whole dynamic and what I find very interesting is that when you catch them, they can't hold their form. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you're not who you say you are. Stop it. And then suddenly it's like the illusion goes away and you see kind of the being behind the mask. And um, you have a lot. This is another thing that I find very interesting is you have a lot more power than they do. So, you know, we think that, you know, you know, we're coming into this world. These things can affect us and, and harm us in different ways. But the moment we put our foot down, the moment we assert our, our power in that world, it's like there's no competition. If I say like leave, they leave immediately. Hmm. Um, it's like you're catching something.
1: Interesting. <laughs> you
2: know? Interesting. There
1: are, there are pranksters out there, and uh, when you tell them point and tell and believe, they do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're afraid of you. And and not a lot of people talk about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's, um, you know, a couple, back in the early days when I wasn't as smart (laughs) in these worlds, Mm -hmm. um, I I used, if if they were bothering me, uh, sometimes I would, like, grab them and hold on to them and like try to get in from, like interrogate them <laughs> <laughs> and they they would freak out it's like if i was you know trying to hold on to them they would try so desperately to get away from me mm. you know it's like okay i caught you you can't play anymore why are you doing this yes and that that took a lot of time now i don't you know i don't i don't bother to do that anymore and sometimes I feel like you know sometimes it's good not to play with these things because you don't really know what yeah. could happen yes. and mm-hmm. um, you know yes. sometimes I tell stories and this is what I did and, and the, the shaman or person will look at me and say Jason don't do that <laughs> <laughs> don't you think- you don't want you don't <laughs> want to find out don't you don't want to find that out just just don't <laughs> you, you went too far and you're you're lucky just keep it keep it good
0: (laughs) yeah some things are better left alone i I really get that and i'm so curious jason about your book the egyptian postures of power can we talk a little bit about that it looks so intriguing to me and when we were talking you you mentioned that this was the book that came forth rather than what you really initially had in mind. Is
2: that right? Uh, Well, both of these books, uh, The Egyptian Postures and Astral Genesis, um, are basically the same kind of trajectory of of consciousness. And it it started out with my out-of-body experiences. And in the beginning, um, the messages that came through was, you have to heal yourself. And one of the ways that I was guided to heal myself was through a practice called Qigong. Um, So I started to learn Qigong and breathing and meditation and started to move and generate and cultivate energy um, until I can feel it, until I started to have spiritual experiences through the meditations. And uh, one night, uh, again, I was taken out of my body. I was on an out-of-body experience. Um, I was taken to a temple in Egypt. And back then, I really wasn't even into Egypt. I, you you know, we all have Egyptian books at home from the Mm -hmm. museum and stuff, but, you know, I wasn't really into it. Mm -hmm. And I was taken back to an Egyptian temple, and I was in a room with uh, this person who looked just like the Egyptian statues, um, Mm -hmm. and they were standing in a posture and looking at me. And I just instinctively knew I had to stand in front of them And Copy the postures they were doing and look at them and as I copied their postures It felt like something opened up over my head and this waterfall of It's it felt like solar energy. It was like heat a waterfall of heat Went through every cell of my body and it was profoundly Powerful, that's something I've never felt or experienced before in my life Uh, and Um, I woke up from this experience in my bed holding the exact same posture from the experience and the energy was still going through me Wow! in the physical world. And the moment that I broke the posture, the energy just shut off. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. I've never experienced anything like this before. And, um, I start, you know, you open up the Egyptian books that you have as a coffee table book.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's like, wow, like they're standing in these postures. And it just dawned on me that, oh, my God, I'm learning Qigong. These Egyptian postures are, are these Egyptian statues are standing in postures. This has to be some type of very ancient energetic system that's being trying to be expressed through the objects and artifacts of Egypt. Mm. And so on these types of out of body experiences, I would learn various postures and come back to this world and, you know, write them and practice them. And I would go to uh, my cousin who is a Qigong teacher and, and she was also a channeler. And we would go over these postures together and she would, channel more information we'd work on it and i moved from my qigong which was a chinese style qigong Mm -hmm. and i slowly moved into just doing the postures that i was being taught Mm -hmm. and those postures changed my life i I, you know it just instantly connected me back to egypt to past lives to i i started to download information um I was just so impressed like i started to feel energy have all these experiences so i i wrote a really simple book back then and it was about um might have been like 30 pages the book the first egyptian postures book i think was about 30 pages and it was just a pictures of me standing in the postures, just like the statues. And I would, and I would just put a paragraph underneath it saying, this is how the energy moves when you stand in this posture. That's how simple the first Egyptian postures of power book was 30 pages of pictures of me standing in these postures. Wow! And I started to go around. uh, I was invited to different groups and I started to teach them and uh, people um really took to these postures and they asked if they can purchase uh the books so first i just went and you know printed pictures and you know paper clipped them together and that was the book and uh that remained the book for a couple of years until um COVID happened and everything in the world basically stopped And I could actually sit down and write the book. I got it right here. The Egyptian Postures of Power book, which is an actual book. It's not 30 pages of pictures of me. (laughs) And it goes through the postures. It goes through the whole uh, mysticism of Egypt and uh, meditations and how this whole system works. So that is kind of like, for me, that was... The solidest information that I received from spirit received from leaving my body and that I could actually take from those experiences and actually create a book or create a system that I can share with people and say, you know, if we meditate in these postures, this is what will happen with your energy in this regard.
1: So then. If other people are doing these postures, and obviously there is a connection there that has uh, well, esoteric effects. What kind of feedback do you get from people? What kind of results or experience are they getting when they stand in these postures and you know, which they hold their arms
2: and so on? Um, I can share. Uh and there's numerous experiences. And um usually I don't share. I don't I don't want to tell anybody anything and just figure and you know, find out by yourself because <laughs> everybody's different. But uh, I've heard so many stories of uh spontaneous healings of things. Um and that, like I said, I can't make any claims, obviously. But I could tell you uh, firsthand experiences. I, I remember uh, there's one story. I was at this um, uh, health show. It was a trade show in Toronto. And uh, a young lady walked up to me and she she wanted to thank me. And she said her sister uh, bought her the book. And she started practicing it. And the hearing came back in her right ear. And I said, oh, that's great. She goes, no, you don't understand. I haven't had hearing in my ear since birth. Wow. And just like doing the postures, you know, her hearing came back. So, and that's a, a, you know, you stunned me, but you get these type of responses from people. And this is why I don't really want to tell people what it could do. There's some people that, um, this, I had another level to this, which was called salute to the moon. (laughs) Um, I'm laughing because, uh sometimes uh you know they weren't expecting what would happen and they started leaving their body and having these experiences and they they were at first they were upset with me because they weren't expecting that to happen they had to stop doing the qigong because they started to leave their body (laughs) wow Um, but then later they got back into it and said okay things have calmed down so uh, there's so many different types of experiences And it has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. It has to do with you and the way your energy is set up. So all the postures are doing, and it's such a simplistic concept, is that we have an energetic field. We have uh, energies moving through us, through our meridians, our channels, our chakras, our energy fields, and that our experience in life are the patterns of our life. Or karma, whatever you want to call it, distorts our energy field and changes the way energy moves through us. Mm. It's a very simple concept. And by going into meditations of postures, what you're doing is you're changing the way that energy moves through the body. So think of it like um, remember the bunny ears on the old television station, uh, the, old, yes. the old TVs? You take the yeah. antennas and you tune them. And you hit the right channel, and the energy comes through, and now you can have a, a visual experience on the TV because you're tuned into that channel, right? Well, the physical body is like the same thing. You know, you put your feet on the earth, which is a negative polarity, it's a, it's a negative ionization, it pulls you down. Your arms are in the air, positive ionization. As you move your body into different postures, it's like a tuning fork. So you change your posture, you change the way the energy moves and collects into the body. So by practicing qigong or practicing these type of movements, what you're doing is you're repatterning the energy moving through your body. You're taking control and moving the energy in the energy field. And if you have a distortion, if you have some blocks, if you have something that is causing certain things in your physical life, spiritual, emotional, mental, whatever it is, that the concept is, if you change that pattern, if you change that distortion in the energy field, that will have a cascade effect down into your physical life. And I could, you know, I can just tell my own personal experiences, because I was practicing this religiously, is that Um, Growing up, I had the worst stomach ever. I had IBS. I couldn't eat anything. (laughs) Like, it was bad. So I was very malnourished. Just just bad time, right? It was just bad. And and I also had um, learning disabilities. Um, I stuttered Mm -hmm. constantly. I was very shy to talk. Um, I had... um, um, problems writing, like um, I I couldn't spell anything. Like I was having the English language or any language was real challenge to me. So um, that was me. That was Jason yes. growing up and into his early twenties uh, had a lot of difficulties um, and challenges, and then after doing qigong for so many years i noticed that i stopped stuttering i noticed that you know my stomach just healed itself i noticed um i can get up and talk in front of people like i never did before and i started yeah. to read like every book on my shelf i've read Wow. Uh, in, in high school i would just get the movie you know because I, I couldn't really get through that. the book because of my okay. disabilities but sure. uh, so the only thing i can think of is either growing up just naturally heals you or was it me taking this energetic path that yeah. changed the patterning of my own brain
0: yes i tend to believe it was B. this is amazing and what a gift i mean what, what a gift you received And I'm I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to get a a vision of how that would go. So people would kind of get into the flow state by doing Qigong with you and then move into the postures. Is that how it goes?
2: Well, anybody can do the postures. And in fact, um, I tell a lot of people there's very ancient statues, even um, Buddhist statues of them meditating with you know certain mudras or body postures and i just say copy the statue yeah statue is trying to show you something it has information and you know if i say this is what the statue means i'm doing a disservice yes because every single person will get something different because we're all different beings different energy structures so um you can look at the postures you can follow the postures and do the meditations yourself and see what happens you know so right and even today like um sometimes like i follow a lot of accounts online that post ancient artifacts and i'll see ancient statues meditating or standing in a very strange posture and I'll say to myself, "Okay, I, I've never seen this one before. Let me try it out."
0: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Do you do you have classes? Do you hold classes? Are they in real life or online? Or
2: I I used to, um, okay. like I said, when I first started coming out uh, to this type of information, I was doing these small classes in Ontario, uh, just to like. A handful of people, 10, 20 people, maybe. Um, And um, it just kind of grew. And now when I do um, conferences, sometimes I'll do a a lecture on the Egyptian postures. And then at the end of the lecture, I'll teach some of the Egyptian postures so that everybody gets up in the class and and starts doing it. But um, um, I left in the book, I have... um, I made statues with a friend of mine who's a um, 3D artist. So like, for example, like you have pages where they they show you the posture. and then You know, so it's very, very simplistic. These aren't hard to do. And um, you can just try. That looks
0: that's very interesting to me, and I, I just think the body is such an integral part of our spirituality and it seems like you've found uh, um, You've come upon uh, Postures that actually amplify that I mean that actually take you into a journey, right? If you if you are in the alignment and ready to go, that's amazing the
2: the body has its own language its own consciousness and we speak English, we communicate this way, but our body communicates through feeling. So, um, after doing Qigong for so many years, your body sensitizes itself to energy. So it's not just a concept. You can actually feel the energy moving through you. You can feel the energy in the environment and, um, you can actually feel the, the points. Uh, Everybody, you know, we all see the acupuncture dolls or know of acupuncture and other modalities that have the points on the body Um, in my classes. And what I teach is learn how to touch your own body, just like go over your body and feel the different parts of your body, because there are points on your body that when you go over them with your fingers, you'll feel the pain, you'll feel that they're sore. And so these are points that need to be uh, worked on or there may be like a block or there's some other reason why there is a pain. So the body is speaking to us through feelings. So if someone has pain, it's not, you know, we don't say, okay, um, let's turn off the pain. We say the body is communicating something to you. When you get the right message, that pain is going to go immediately.
0: Yes. Yes. I
1: love that. Yeah, they had a lot of technology and a lot of tools back in Egypt several thousand years ago. And there's one thing that I've been wondering about, and I think you touched on it in uh, some of your writings, the Ankh. Yes. What's
2: the Ankh for? Okay. Now, I'm going to give you a couple different answers, because... I've I've gone through a journey of the young. So, you know, in many years, I believe this and many years. I believe that Um, it's they say it's the symbol of life and you could look at it as as a symbol. It looks like um, a person standing with their arms out and, you know, the hoop around the head and you could say, okay that's similar of the human body. Um, Recently, I've kind of changed my tune. And I believe that the Ankh is a symbol of the sun. And it's the symbol of the earth and the sun and the horizon. And that it, um, it's basically the symbol of the cycles of life on earth that that uh, brings life to all of creation. So the the, the Ankh itself, uh, the design of it, if you measure the Ankh from the base to the arms, it comes out in a... Um, a 23.5-degree line t- on each side of the unk hitting the arms. And this is the tilt of the Earth. So um, the Sun goes from the equinoxes, which is the exact center of the Earth. So the Sun goes center on the Earth. And then over the year, it it tilts to 23.5 degrees to the Tropic of, of Cancer. And then back to the equator, and then 23.5 degrees to the Tropic of of Capricorn. And this is what gives us the seasons of life on Earth. So I find it incredible that the unk itself is designed with these dimensions that follow the nature and the path of the sun itself. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's solar symbolism. It is the key of all life on Earth, which gives you the seasons. Uh, And it activates all life. So the sun, you know, it charges the air with electrons. It gives the Earth um, the it it helps the magnetism of the Earth. And it basically feeds all life in nature. So in that regard, um, it's a symbol of the sun. And if you kind of go back to other philosophies of it, they believed um, that it goes back to ancient tribal shamanism. And that it's actually a vertebrae of the bull. And if you look at a vertebrae of the bull, it looks exactly wow. like the unk. Wow. And, and and um what they believed it was the sacral vertebrae of the bull. And they believed um that the bull was the symbol of life, gave fertility, uh it you know, um it allowed for the crops. They used the the bull, the cows to survive. So they believe that um, the essence of the bull, the sacral chakra of the bull, came from that vertebrae. And um, so, there's many dimensions of what the unk could be as a symbol, and um, it just depends on. Where our consciousness is and what we can see within it.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing! I have never heard that. It's fascinating, Jason.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and just to go back to the Ankh, like um, I, my theory, my new theory with the Ankh is that you can actually hold it out. From to your eye. And if you place it on the horizon, so the, the, the unk line, if you place the unk line on the horizon and you have the uh, hoop right in the center facing east, Mm -hmm. when the sun rises, it'll, it'll either be north of the hoop in the center of the hoop east or north of the hoop. Because the sun rises in different parts of the horizon, depending on the time of the year. Wow. So they can actually put their arm out, look at the horizon to the rising sun, and know what time of year it is, know when the solstices are, and know when the equinox is. Wow.
0: I like that theory. (laughs) Amazing.
1: Yeah, that brings up another question. There is, um, there's many calendars around. We have, uh, you know, the, the astrological calendar. That was before the Julian calendar, the Gregorian calendar, the Chinese calendar, the Hebrew calendar. They, they came first. Who do you create or how do you think the astrological calendar came about? thousands of years
2: ago it took thousands of years because human beings had to study the heavens first and what they noticed is that first if you look at the heavens um, you'll have the stars that don't change or don't move so they're fixed stars which are the constellations and then you have the stars that are fallen from heaven so you have the fallen angels which are the planets because the planets are stars that you know are bright objects in the sky that move without um, the constellations moving, and then you have the sun, and then you have the moon. So, um, if you look at the Mayan calendar, for example, or any ancient calendar, there were many calendars, especially in Egypt. You know, the Sothis calendar had to do with the rising of Sirius, and. That changed I think the the Sothis calendar um, is about it takes about 1500 years for it to go through its cycle to return back to its original point So that's a long time to study the star Sirius and there's sites all around the world that you can see they they mapped Sirius and they changed their um, their doorways. Or their obelisks, or whatever it was, to capture where Sirius was, and it changed over a thousand plus years. Um, the Mayans they um, they calculated all the different planets, so it was each planet had its own calendar. Um, Venus was a very important st- uh, planet that they calculated, um, and um, We have these very long count calendars and the longest one would be twenty five thousand nine hundred and sixty years or or 50 years, which is um, the procession of the zodiac going through all the signs. So. in, In my opinion, that means one humans had to literally travel the Earth. Observing the sky at different latitudes of the Earth. So they've had to move around the Earth, explore the, st- the sky, map the sky. And the craziest thing about this is that it takes 72 years, 72 years for the fixed stars in the sky to move one degree. Wow. 72 years, for one degree. So they had to study the sky for 26,000 years to see the entire sky change. Wow. So that's how long they would have to observe the cosmos to create these long calendars. And that is not written in our history, but we have evidence of these calendars at Gobekli Tepe 12,000 years ago, fully formed. We have these in Egypt. The Sumerians studied the sky, the Mayans. All these cultures had this type of knowledge of the stars. So yeah. there is a very ancient history that is not taught. And that's where I get into um, this book, Astral Genesis, Astrological Keys of the Gods. That's um, where my journey started in that book. <laughs> is, yeah. Was there this ancient civilization, ancient heritage of the human race that studied the stars that gave this knowledge of the stars to civilizations around the planet that is unknown to us it's off the historical record wow so it's a it's a fascinating fascinating journey once you get into it because when you get into the whole stars and planets and astrological side to things you realize that there are cycles of time um, there's processions and that what they did was they uh, honored these times with festivals with changing of things um, and even the gods themselves were honored by these different cycles or different stars or different constellations and it created the mythology and motifs that we know today but we lost the star knowledge, but we kept the mythologies of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Amazing. Could it, wow. I like to get into the weeds a little bit. <laughs> Could it be that maybe we had some help? Someone already came here from the stars and were able to, in a more accurate way over a much shorter time, find this knowledge and give it to us, i.e. possibly Anunnaki or someone else. Well,
2: that that's what they tell us. Yes. A, a lot of the ancient myths talk about teachers that came and taught this knowledge of astronomy, architecture, farming, um, to the people, to the nomadic tribes. So they basically created their civilizations with that knowledge, with the help of these teachers. And the teachers are the mysteries. Who are these teachers? Um, There's some suggestion that they're not even physically human. They're non-human intelligence, that at a certain time in Earth's history um, we were more open to an intelligence on the planet that spoke to them just like um the seers of the old, where they they told them all the secrets of the universe, and that's how they established their their mystery schools, their teachings, and then civilization came from that. Um when I was in Peru, we were talking to the local uh people, the local shamans, medicine men, and um they said, you know, from their their ancestries um when the Spanish came over, they thought they were the gods because they had contact with um they had contact with people that had long white beards that were not like them and that they would come and teach these tribes and then leave. So when the Spanish came, they thought it was just the return of the teachers,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know. So we have this kind of oral history or, or tradition that there was this type of teacher um, going around um, to different places around the planet to give them this information. But then there's this whole other philosophy that you know maybe given a long enough time, humans we'll just come to these conclusions. It doesn't matter what part of the world you're in. Now, yes. If you just observe nature, we will all come to that same understanding. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that, if we just observe nature. Yes. Yes. I would. We don't have that much time left, and I would just love to go back for one more minute. What was the first healing modality that uh you began with was it the healing aspect of qigong or reiki or
2: it was the first thing i got into was uh traditional chinese qigong Uh and from there i got into um believe it or not essential oils okay so i was i was very fascinating about about plant medicines Yes. And the most potent form of plant medicine is the essence, the essential oil of them. Yeah. So um, I really got into essential oils. And then, then from there, I got into um, energy modalities, like the uh, energy field. I, I even bought a Karelian camera to, to capture the aura field.
0: Oh, and,
2: uh, I, and then from there, I, I got into shamanism and I went back to the, you know, um, going on journeys using, uh, the, the plant helpers, the crystal helpers, you know, Mm -hmm. learning about the different totems and and what to do, uh, with sorcery and all this other fun stuff. Yes.
0: Yes. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So in, in your early, explorations let's call it what was the most potent message or experience or aha you got from one of your your journeys do you have one that really stands out
2: yes yes i've had i've had a um the trans transcendental or how do i say a transcendent experience where um i just you know, maybe some people will call it a Kundalini experience, but this was beyond that. For me, it was, um, I just exploded. Um, I turned into fire and this fire went to, it was like this fire went through all time and space. And it was like this fire touched all of creation all at once. And I was that fire. Wow. So it was this uh, transcendent experience where it was like I was this fire connected to everything all at once. And it was like the only thought that I can comprehend in my mind was, oh, so this is what God feels like. And then the fire came back within my heart. And... I know that every single person has a the f- fire of God within their heart. I know this yeah. because I've experienced it. Um so we're all part of that fire. Yeah. And it's the most extreme like you know any no experience compared to that. That's that's hands down like mm-hmm. the greatest experience I've ever had in this life. Yes
0: thank thank you for sharing that that is that is so powerful and it it speaks um volumes on so many layers so many levels it's beautiful Jason and we've got about four minutes left and if you would please tell people how they can find you and how they can find your books and Augie usually has um a final question to ask so Augie you want to take it away please
1: uh yeah um yeah first first tell us uh where you get do you sell your books off of your website also or amazon entirely whichever way is easiest for you let people know where they can get them
2: sure um the easiest way to get them is through amazon right now so you can get the egyptian postures of power um the blue co- cover like this on amazon and my newest book, um, Astral Genesis, um, Astrological Keys to the Gods, that's also on Amazon. You can, and just by typing my name, Jason Quit. Um, the other books were taken offline. So even if you can still see them on Amazon, it's very difficult to order them. But um, you could also get them from my website, thecrystalsun.com. And um, I'm, I'm very quiet on social media these days. I was banned on Facebook and Instagram but uh, I'm slowly coming back. And uh, so right now, all I got is my my Twitter, which is Jason underscore quit. And I just started a new Facebook page a couple months back, um, Jason quit. So uh, you can find me on Facebook now too.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, but I noticed something that you said earlier into the show here, and that was that those postures had phenomenal effect. So guess what I'm going to do later tonight? I'm going to get on Amazon and get, did you see I see two of the books about the postures on there. Are there two, uh, which one do you think the beginner should start with?
2: There's only one right now, and okay. it's it's this one. I know there's a couple on Amazon, but this is the, the only real copy that's out there.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. the one I'm going to get. Because I want to I know about these postures.
2: Great. Uh, yeah, I know it's... it's um, the book is... Um, it's packed. I tried to fit everything I could in that one.
1: Yeah, that's phenomenal. And then my favorite question. If you could talk to the whole world and the world was listening, what would you tell them?
2: love yourself because that's the only way we could heal the world so we have to collectively heal our wounds or traumas which we all have and only then can we dream a world together
1: heal ourselves you're right
2: no one's gonna do it but us yeah
0: yeah thank you jason amazing Thank you so much for being
1: with us.
2: Thank you for inviting me.
1: Uh, absolutely, our pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, we got a conference coming up where we're both gonna speak here in about a month or so, I think.
2: Yeah, we're, aren't we doing the um, the astral travel uh, conference with, um, uh, with uh, oh, sorry, the. Uh, portal to it. ascension portal to ascension. And um, that's going to be on online course. I believe it's October 21st. And um, we'll be talking about uh, journeys out of body, the astral world. And uh, my good friend Neil is putting it on. He's a great guy. Um, so, and that's online. So anybody in the world can come and listen to us. We're both going to be speaking.
1: Yeah. Uh, That will be fun. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you very much for being with us, and then uh, maybe we can get you to come back. For sure. Yep. Thank you very much.